there with you all here today. We're going back through the book of Genesis, the 28th chapter. Genesis 28, verse number 10 and 11. Amen. Verses 10 and, and 11. You will find these words. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. Verse 11 simply says this, and he lighted up on a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. I want to talk to you all just for a few moments, or as the Spirit leads here today, from the subject matter, life on the run. Life on the run. Life on the run. Well, when you look at this story uh, here today, and I would encourage each and every one of you all to uh, do a deeper study in regards to this. Of course, I only have so much time to to preach it, <clears throat> but uh, actually you want to go back to the 27th chapter of the book of uh, Genesis and read all the way through the 27th and the entire 28th chapter because you will discover in reading those two chapters uh, that it all started in Jacob's mother's womb with his twin brother Esau. Uh, as Esau is coming out of his mother's womb, there is Jacob's hand reaching for Esau's heel. And it is as if he is trying to trip his older brother. And so when you read those two chapters, you'll understand that their birth foreshadowed the events to come. And so when you read it, you'll find out how one day Esau comes home from hunting and he is famished and wants the stew that Jacob has fixed. And Jacob offers a bowl of stew for uh, his birthright. And both men are hungry. Both men are hungry and the deal is done. And so Esau gets a bowl of soup and Jacob gets a birthright his older brother's right to a double share of the inheritance and the title of number one son. But after all of that, Jacob is still hungry and wants more. Uh, he wants his father's blessing, the blessing that rightfully belonged to Esau as the firstborn son. And so he lies to and deceive his father Isaac. And he says, yes, it's me, Esau, your, your firstborn. And so long story short, Jacob steals Esau's blessing. And there is no leftover for Esau. The, the blessing has already been given away. Bottom line is he gets nothing. And so Jacob has certainly lived up to his name as one who supplants deceitfully he came and took a birthright and a blessing that did not belong to him. And Esau consoles himself with the plan 
to kill Jacob. What a way to console yourself is for anger and bitterness to get into your heart to the point uh, that you want to kill your own brother. And so Jacob is in danger. So he leaves Beersheba and goes toward Haran. He is a wanted man, not just by Esau, but ultimately by God. And so Jacob, I think you would agree, is a man on the run. Jacob had been forced to leave home in fear and shame, fleeing for his life. Now, don't forget, he's about 77 years old at this time. How many of y'all know when you get 77 years old, you ought to be settled? You don't have time to be running for your life. And so when you look at verse number 10, it says, Jacob went out from Beersheba and he went toward Haran. You have to understand that the trip from Beersheba to Haran was 500 or more miles. And so there were places along the roadway that were dangerous and uh, infested with robbers. Uh, He was bound to experience what any of us would feel, apprehension and fear over the lurking dangers uh, of the trip. And so he, he, he literally had nothing. He had nothing but what he could carry. And so Jacob was now homeless and destitute. He had lost all the possessions he had ever owned or ever hoped to inherit. And so he had tragically fallen as low as a person could, all because of his own sin and irresponsibility. Jacob was now held in the grip of poverty, owning nothing. He was homeless and uh, destitute. But the Bible tells us that he came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because uh, the sun had set. You have to understand the certain place. That certain place is uh, Bethel. The location of Bethel indicates Jacob had made only about 70 miles progress in his trip when he came to Bethel. For Bethel is about 70 miles from Jacob's home in Bathsheba. So he still had a major part of the trip ahead of him after this transforming experience at Bethel. And so you have to understand when you read when you read the text, You have to be able to apply it, amen, to your own lives. Because I've discovered that this journey is not just about Jacob's physical survival. It is a spiritual journey. Let me say that again. It's not just about Jacob's physical survival. It is a spiritual journey. Jacob is running for his life. Most of us, I suspect, know what it is like to live life on the run. Some are running from their past, trying to escape guilt, regret, failures, and uh, disappointments. Some are trying to get away from 
the pain, losses, and uh, the brokenness of life. Sometimes we just want to leave behind the parts of our lives or ourselves that we dislike. And then there are other times we are running toward the future. For some, life is on the run, is a search for something or someone new. It could be a job or it could even be a relationship. Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, maybe, just maybe it is the search for answers. Who am I? What is this life all about? What is my purpose? Others are driven by midlife crisis. They chase after meaning and youth. Surely what we are looking for is out there in the future. Somewhere if we can just get there. And you know, most of us know probably, most of us know what it is like to live life on the run due to our schedules and the busyness of life. Life is measured by accomplishments and to and to do list. Demands and expectations seem to chase us every day. And how many of us tell ourselves, as soon as I get caught up, then I'll do this and I'll do that. So we could each tell a story of life on the run. It may be limited to us, but it is just another version of Jacob's story. You have to understand the life on the run. It keeps us living on the, on the horizon axle. Reality and life are limited to the uh, physical universe. And when I speak of the physical universe, I speak of time, uh, uh, space, matter, and uh, energy. And what happens is we miss the spiritual and uh, we miss the divine uh, uh, aspects of life. In other words, we, we miss the vertical axis because we are so busy running. But you know what I've discovered? And that is Jacob will soon learn. He'll learn that he can run, but he cannot hide. How many of y'all know we can run? We can run. And some of us can run faster than others. But how many of y'all know we can not hide? You see, life on the run eventually it takes us to that certain place, uh, somewhere between Beersheba and uh, Haran. Uh, this is not so much a, a geographical location as it is a spiritual orientation. You see, Jacob left Beersheba, the people and the place that was familiar. Notice he is not yet in Haran. In other words, he is not in the new place. Fact of the matter is he is in a certain place. That's what the Bible says. He is in a certain place, as in a between place. Fact of the matter is, I like to say, I like to say that he is in a place 
that is neither here nor there. And so this is the place. This is the place. And this is what you have to understand. This is the place where we are most vulnerable and open to seeing and hearing God in new ways. I need you to understand if you find yourself today in that place, I'm talking about you have not yet reached a Haran. You are in a new place. You are in what we call a between place. You're neither here nor there. I need you to know that that's the time that you are open to seeing and hearing God in new ways. You see that certain place. I just want to talk a few minutes. That certain place is a nighttime place. Oh my God. It's a nighttime place where the sun has set. Ain't that what the text says? The text says that the sun has set. It is a place of darkness that's lit by the unknown. It is a place of emptiness filled with presence and mystery. It is a place where physical eyes can no longer see. And God dreams now lead the way. Oh, the Holy Ghost says somebody need a God dream. You've been having nightmares, but you need a God dream. In fact, enlightenment is not about what you know, but who you know, trust and follow. And so it happens not in the mind, but deep down in your heart. And so this is a hard place. My God, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but this is a hard place. In fact, it's a place that's full of stones, yet it is a place of grace. And somebody ought to shout, thank God for his grace. You see, when the sun has set and darkness takes over, you can no longer Go on. The only thing you could do is just stop and lie down. Oh, somebody, you feel that way today. You feel like you don't have enough strength to hardly to go another day's journey. And you feel like you just want to stop and just lie down. But you have to understand when you get to that place that it is a point of surrender but not a place of giving up. In other words, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Somebody ought to type, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Hallelujah. I might have to lay down for a few, but guess what? I'm not giving up. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road was going to be easy, but I don't believe that in the midst of my hard place that's full of stones, that God has brought me this far to leave me now. Oh, I'm going to feel like preaching in a minute. Listen, we stop running. We stop running from life, ourselves, and more importantly, from God when we get to that place because the darkness teaches us that we are no longer in control of our own destiny. Now God can appear and speak. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody today, I'm just wondering if there's anybody who needs God to appear 
and speak. Oh, I hear Donnie McClurkin saying, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me the words that will bring new life. Words on the wings of a morning. The dark night will fade away if you will just only speak to my heart. He says, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Message of love, love to encourage me. Lifting my heart from despair. How you love me, love me and care for me. And God, because I know you care about me, I need you to speak to my heart. How many of y'all know that when God speaks to us, when God speaks to us, we see with new eyes and hear with new ears what Jacob saw in the dream. What did he see, Pastor? He saw the vertical axis of God's life, which was Jacob's ladder. And Jacob's ladder intersects it, 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 it intersects for us, my God, life, even while we're on the run. You see, the point of intersection is uh, always an awesome place because he declared it's the house of God and the gate of heaven. You need to understand something, y'all. Wherever you meet God, oh God, help me. I said, wherever you meet God, it is the house of God. You see, because, because uh, when God speaks to us, uh, somebody, you're at the intersection right now. You're at the intersection of your life. Hey, you don't know whether or not to go left. You don't know to go right. You don't know when not to go forward. You don't know when not to go backwards. You don't know when not to stand still and mark time. Well, I, I, I need to tell you, when you get to that intersection, and God begins to speak to your heart. Hey, you ought to declare, this is the house of God. I want you to tap wherever you are right now and say, this is the house of God. If you right there at your kitchen table, that's the house of God right now. If you're in the den, if you're in the living room, that's the house of God. Because God is speaking. God is speaking to your heart. You see Jacob's ladder. I know y'all have heard about his ladder. I know Jacob's ladder, but Jacob's ladder reveals the connection. I don't want you to miss this. It reveals the connection between heaven and earth. It, 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 it reveals the connection between divinity and humanity. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it reveals the connection of the uncreated and the created. It appears at every moment in our life, even life on the run. I'm going to say it again, right where you are. Oh God, thank you. Right where you are, Jacob's ladder reveals the connection between you and God. Because you need to understand, can I talk about the ladder for a couple of seconds? The ladder that Jacob saw was not in a physical location. Watch it here. It was not in a physical location. It was within him. It was not a vision, but it was a dream. And so through Jacob, God reveals that the ladder of his love, his life, and his connection to us is found deep within ourselves. 
a place so deep that it is seen in the gift of a dream. I know we call it Jacob's ladder, but it is not possessed by Jacob. It is God's ladder placed in each and every one of us. Did y'all know that the ladder that Jacob saw, that ladder belongs to you. It is placed within each and every one of us because the ladder reaching from heaven to earth is simply a manifestation of Jesus Christ himself. We do not have to guess at this manifestation because Jesus himself indicated that this ladder portrayed himself. I'm going to say it again. Jesus said that this ladder, you don't believe me? Look in St. John, the first chapter, verse number 51, and you'll discover there that this ladder portrays Jesus Christ. And of all the various types that can be seen in the ladder, the most obvious type in this ladder going from earth to heaven is the showing of the work of Christ, bridging the gulf between heaven and earth by his redemptive work, by sending his only begotten son, which was Jacob's ladder. He died on an old rugged cross. They buried him. But on the third day, somebody ought to say, I'm glad he got up. He ascended back to heaven. Hey, he now sits on the right hand of the Father. And the good news, he's coming back again. So the miracle, the miracle, the miracle is not that God shows up and breaks into our lives. This is always happening. God's always showing up. I know if I would let y'all unmute right now, some of y'all got a testimony. Hey, glory to God, my God have worked a miracle in your life. But that's not what we're talking about here. The miracle is that we recognize that it is within ourselves. The ladder is revealed in the lives of fugitives, in the dark places of life where the sun has set, in people who have lived up to their names, in the hard, stony places in and in between places, in places we never would have expected. You see, my God, right where you are, you ought to know you got a connection, oh glory, with your heavenly father. He said, call on me, spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and said, call on me, I will answer you. And guess what? Not only will I answer you, but I'm going to show you great and marvelous things. And then another passage of scripture says that he'll even answer you before you call on him. I'm wondering if anybody ever had to call on the Lord. And you need to know that's what that letter represents. Hey, from earth to heaven. The old folk used to not talk about the letter. They said, I got a telephone. And where was that telephone at? It was right here in my bosom. And they said, I can call him up. Uh, how many of y'all know you can call him up? You can call him early in the morning. You can call him in the noonday. You can call him uh, in the midnight hour. Well, unless I preach too long, uh, let's wake Jacob up now. Because he had to be asleep 
in order to have a dream. And so that dream was a ladder going from earth to heaven. And that ladder, hallelujah, hey, is a representation of Jesus Christ himself breaking the great gulf between humanity and divinity. But notice something. The Bible said when Jacob awoke from his sleep and pondered his dream, great fear came upon Jacob. Look at verse 16 and 17. It says, Jacob awaked out of his sleep. And notice what he says. Surely the Lord is in this place. And watch this. I knew it not. And the Bible said, and he was afraid. And then it said, how dreadful (laughs) is this place? I'm wondering, am I talking to anybody that been to that place where it was dreadful? You had a heart of fear. Looked like the night was never going to end. The Bible says that Jacob, he was afraid. The word translated afraid and dreadful are the same Hebrew words that express both terror of harm that may come upon one and an awe and reverence for God. Don't miss what I just said. He's on the run. He's scared somebody going to get him. But at the same time, he has a reverence for God. Oh, God. In other words, he's sleeping outside. He's in the dark. He's left everything. He don't know which way to go. He don't know which way to turn. But yet in the midst of that, he had a reverence for God. Hey, I'm just wondering, is there anybody here, hallelujah, in the midst of what you've gone through and in the midst of what you're going through right now, you still got a hallelujah. Hey, I wish somebody would shout hallelujah. Hallelujah anyhow. I can't see my way, but hallelujah. I didn't see this coming my way, but hallelujah anyhow. And so Jacob, notice what he does here. And I'm almost finished, believe it or not. Jacob sensed the presence of God. And his I knew not indicated he believed he was in serious trouble. You got to know when you're in trouble. Some of y'all in trouble don't even know it. You got to know you in trouble. Hey, thank you, Jesus. But notice he also expressed his awe and reverence for God in being fearful here. And how many of y'all know we need more fear of God in our world today? We need more fear of God in our lives. But notice verse 17. Hey, look what he says. He says, this uh, is none other. In the midst of everything I'm going through, I'm scared and I'm shaking. But this is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Jacob recognized, watch this, both the worship of God and the way of God. You got to recognize the worship of God as well as the way of God. Look at the worship of God. The term house of God, it speaks of worship. 
And so Jacob recognized that God needed to be worshiped. And I'm going to say, oh, worship the Lord. All ye people, bow down before God and let us worship him. I worship God because of who God is. I praise God because what God has done for me. He woke me up this morning, so I praised him. He blessed me with the activities of my limbs, so I praise him. But how many of y'all know we got to get beyond the praise portion? And we got to get to the worship portion that God even, hallelujah, if I can't see my way, I still worship you. My body's racking in pain. I still worship you. Look like I'm losing my job. But God, I worship you because I worship you because of who you are. You are Jehovah Jireh, my great provider. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my strong tower. You are my bridge over troubled waters. You are a mind regulator. You are a heart fixer. I'm going to come to somebody's house in a few minutes. You are a way maker. You are my everything. And so the house of God, it speaks of worship. And Jacob recognized the fact that we got to worship God. And then when you look at the way of God, this is the gate of heaven. He talks about the gate of heaven. Hallelujah. With Jesus Christ represented by the ladder, Jacob was certainly correct in stating that this is the gate of heaven. Because how many of you all know Christ is the only way to heaven? I am the way the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me. Jesus is the way. It's the gate of heaven. And so I must ask you, what parts of your life are lived on the run? What are you searching for? What are you running from? Stop running. Hey, somebody say, stop running. Uh, if you're sitting next to somebody, say, stop running. You've ran long enough. You signed up for the 5K run, and it's over now. You've ran long enough. Stop running. Trust that certain place between Beersheba and Haran. Let the sun set, and do not be afraid. Lie down for a minute if you have to lie down. Yeah, my God, you haven't quit. Just take a few breaths. Don't be afraid because God's ladder is and always has been within you. If you don't have nothing to reflect on, reflect on this, that I'm on my way to heaven. <laughs> and I'm so glad about it because Jesus had made a way. I got the ladder down on the inside of me. No matter who you are, no matter where you go, no matter the circumstances you face or where you run to, the ladder of connection, it goes right along with you all the time. Because Jacob had the great promises of God. Those promises didn't change because he was homeless. Those promises didn't change 
because he had to sleep on the hillside. How many of y'all know the promises of God? They are yea and amen. Somebody, you need to hear that. The promises of God, they are yea and amen. If God promised it, I dare you to hold on. If God promised it, it shall come to pass. And so stop running. Stop it. Stop it. Wake up and see that dream come true. And then you'll be able to say, surely the Lord is in this place. And here's my testimony. And I know it. Hallelujah. I'm just wondering anybody that know that he's in this place. The presence of the Lord is here. How do I know that it's here? I can feel it in the atmosphere. Surely the Lord is in this place. Somebody, come on, prophesy it. Come on, declare it. Get something in your hand and wave it and say, surely the Lord is in this place. Pastor, you don't know what's going on up in this house. It ain't none of my business. The ladder's on the inside, reaches from earth to heaven. The promise is certain. So surely the Lord is in this place. And I know it. Now I'm finished, but let me close with this. Because I know it. <laughs> See, some of y'all just talking. But because I know it, I can't help but praise him. Because I know it, I can't help but magnify him. Because I know it, I cannot help but to adore him. Because I know it, I can't help but lift up holy hands and tell God I give you praise. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I know that the Lord, he's in this place. And because he's in this place, I don't have nothing to worry about. Wake up, my brother. Wake up, my sister. See that dream come true. It's on the inside of you. It's on the inside of you. And no matter where you go, it's going to follow you. So no matter how dark the night gets, you may not can't see your way. But hold on to God. God is going to show up. And he's going to show up right on time. And when Jacob got through, Jacob said, I'm going to name this place. I'm going to put a new name to this place. I'm done. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to put a new name to this place. I'm going to call this place Bethel. I know you say Bethel, Bethel. That's what I'm going to call this place. And then, well, what does Bethel mean? It means the house, the house of God. Because he said, this why I'm, this why I met him. During my trying times. Hallelujah. In my darkest nights, when I could not see my way, the Lord showed up and he showed out. And so I want you all to know that if your life is on a run, just stop. Stop running. Stop. Stop running. Listen to God. Understand God is doing a new thing in your life. And it's doing those dark days 
God don't have us where we're at right now for nothing. Y'all better listen to me. We're not, we're not where we're at for nothing. God's trying for, to get us to see something. He's trying to get us to hear something. Can you hear the voice of God? Dedicate the place as the house of God. So I said, be glad when I go back to church. I'm glad right where I am because this is the house of God because wherever the presence of the Lord is. Oh, I missed the fellowship. I missed the singing together. Hallelujah. But this is the house of God because wherever the presence of the Lord is, call that place Bethel because this is, it's the house of God. And I've got inside of me the gateway to heaven because he made a way because Jesus is, is the ladder that Jacob saw that was going from earth to heaven. God, I thank you now for your goodness. Shared with your people what you placed on my heart to share. God, we know that oftentimes we live life on the run. Whether we're running from our past, whether we're running from hurt, whether we're running from failure, God, whatever we may be running from, help us to stop. Help us to stop. Help us, God, to wait on you. Help us to listen to your voice. Uh, help us to acknowledge you in all of our ways. Because you promised us, God, uh, that if we would acknowledge you, you would direct our path. God, some of us done got too old to run now. We need your help. We need your help, God. Lead us and guide us. Direct us into all truths. In the name of Jesus. And God, there may be somebody who don't know your darling son as their personal savior. God, I pray that you would draw them before it's too late. God, they can't come to you unless you draw them. Draw them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Help them to stop running. Oh God, help them to stop running in the name of Jesus. Prick their hearts, their spirit. In Jesus' name, let them come running, asking, what must I do to be saved? Now, God, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for your delivering power. And we give you praise. And God, we thank you because we know that our best days are yet ahead because our trust is in you. And you promised, God, that no good thing would you hold from any of your children who loves you. And God, we love you with all of our soul, with all of our might, with everything that's on the inside of us. God, we want you to know that we love you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Put those hands together, everybody. Put those hands together, everybody. And know it's inside of you from earth to glory. No matter where you go, the presence of God is availing himself to you at all times. Call on me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and marvelous things. There's no savior. I wouldn't go another day without him. <clears throat> I wouldn't go another day without him. And right where you are, right where you are, right this second, you can receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. 
All you have to do is just admit that you're a sinner. Just admit that you are a sinner. And then just accept him into your heart. Bible says if you just believe that he's the son of God, that he died, they buried him, and he rose on the third day. And then confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said, thou shalt be saved. It's a very simple process. Just accept, believe, and confess. If there's one that's listening to me now, if you're listening to me now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you are the only begotten son of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ shed his blood for all of my sins. I repent of my sins right now. God, I ask you to forgive me in the name of Jesus Christ. Accept me, accept me into thy kingdom. And God, I confess all of my sins. And I thank you because I know that you're taking all of them right now and casting them into a sea of forgiveness to remember them no more. Now, God, strengthen me in my walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. May heaven shine on you. May God give you peace and God give you joy. Stop running and just trust God.